0: Welcome to the
1: Martech Podcast. Today we're going to talk about the technology behind market research. Joining us is Kumar Doshi, who is the Senior Vice President of Marketing at Lucid, which is a programmatic research technology firm. Lucid provides access to first party survey data in over 100 countries. With its global community of sample buyers and suppliers, the Lucid Marketplace enables anyone in the industry to ask a question of online audiences and find the answers they need fast. And today, Kumar and I are going to talk about market research's role in identity resolution. All right, here's the first part of my conversation with Kumar Doshi, the Senior Vice President of Marketing at Lucid. Kumar, welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Ben. Excited to have you on the show. Excited to talk about a field that I feel like most people don't think is actually very technology-driven, which is market research. I thought market research was sitting down in a room where no one can see you with the silver mirror that you could see through from the other end and watching people play with your products and, you know, aren't you just supposed to like observe and get qualitative data, not quantitative data?
2: The market researchers are unsung heroes within companies. And I say that because they have such an important role. They are at the pinnacle at the, the start of any new business idea, any new product that's gonna get introduced. For that company, or even if the company's trying to understand something that they've done recently a little bit better. But you're right, oftentimes we see them with like white lab coats on, but it's changed a lot over the years. And their importance has grown, and we're enabling that importance as well.
1: You know, I was kind of referring to the typical focus group type of market research. Back at my days at eBay, you know, I did a little product work and we did some focus groups to have people play with this new technology that we were building. And it was interesting and generally very repetitive to watch people use the same product over time. Obviously, there's survey data. Talk to me about the different types of market research that are out there for the people that you know are just used to the sort of traditional stuff like I am.
2: I think many people are familiar with the focus groups. There's also like taste tests, Remember of the whole Pepsi versus Coke. People think of those people as market researchers to so then if you kind of go forward in time, You have people standing in malls with clipboards and asking the passerbyers questions and getting answers. And then with the digitization of things, that's all gone online, right? So there's a gigantic market for market researchers that are asking questions via surveys online to different audiences. So it spans, you know, market researchers can take on many different forms within a company.
1: So talk to me about market research when it comes to identity resolution. Obviously, there is sort of a big change in how we think about marketing. Third-party data is on its way out. The usage of third-party cookies and some of the JavaScript that we're using to collect and pass data, it's all going away when Google pulls the plug sometime next year. It means we're relying on first-party data. How does market research help us with the first-party data usage?
2: The simple answer to this or the start of an answer to this is really around the power to ask a question. We were doing some work with Adweek and while we're shooting and in between shoots, the gentleman that was working with us brought up this idea that, I'm more than just one person. I'm not just a, at the time, he was a 50-year-old living in the Bronx that is interested in the Mets. He's like, I also like going to the ballet.
1: That poor guy. They just totally overpaid for Max Scherzer. Sorry, go on. The ballet.
2: They certainly did. I'm a baseball fan. So we could talk about that at nauseum if you like. They certainly did. And they're just on a spending spree. But, you know, identity as tier statements has become incredibly hard to do because of different laws, because of what different companies are doing. But it remains really, really important because if a marketer's job is to get the right message to the right person at the right time, I need to know who that person is and what they're interested in. So market research can play a role in that because we can simply ask you, are you interested in this? Do you go to the opera? Do you like the Max Scherzer deal? So all those things and the power to be able to survey someone allows for identity to become much more clear.
1: I have mixed emotions about the usage of survey data. You mentioned that your friend who's in his 50s, who's both a ballet and a baseball fan, is two people. In reality, he's got multiple interests. He's one person, and I know what you're saying, but I saw a LinkedIn graphic which had a picture of Ozzy Osbourne And I think it was Prince Charles. And it had how, from a marketer's perspective, both are white men in their mid-40s from the UK who were interested in DAW. And it basically had the same profile. And one of them's a heavy metal rock band icon. And the other one's the Prince of England, whoever it was. Obviously, those are two dramatically different people and probably with dramatically different tastes, probably have different buying behaviors as well. And you generally with survey data get a picture of the whole market, but not each individual discrete people. So it gets, I don't know, sometimes hard to figure out who the actual customer is. How do you think about figuring out who your customer is and actually resolve their identities down to a level where you have an understanding of who they are, as opposed to just basically take a pulse of a broad population?
2: So with the right way of surveying, you can actually identify that person by asking them, right? In your example, on the one that I shared with you, you're right, that is the same person in that the person that likes the ballet and likes the Mets is the same person. And I can get to that person by asking them, are you interested in the ballet? Then I don't need to treat you like the person that is just interested in the Mets. Does that make sense?
1: My feeling is that there's a lot of Mets fans that enjoy the ballet because they've probably been ignoring baseball season for the last I don't know 15 years or so. Sorry, Mets fans, shots fired, but I'm not sure I totally understand how you're able to pull out you know a Mets fan that is a ballerina, whether those are two separate people, which ones are the same, what are the actual pain points they focus on. Talk to me a little bit more about using survey data to get into more granular details of who your customers are.
2: I think people are tired of marketers assuming that marketers know who they are based on aggregate data. With the right way of surveying and the right market research, you can actually ask that person specifically a question. And then you can start to draw out the similarities between that person and everything else in your database, whether it be first-party data or third-party data. So the more data points and the more questions you're able to ask directly the more clarity you can get on whether that Mets fan is also interested in the ballet versus just assuming it.
1: A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi, who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. I'll play this Mets metaphor and ballet out another level, mostly because I just enjoy picking on the Mets. (laughs) If I'm trying to understand if a consumer is interested in ballet because they're tired of watching their baseball team and they happen to live in Flushing or Queens... Basically, what you're saying is I can ask them that question in a survey and segment them. And instead of actually focusing on the basic demographics for targeting New Yorkers that like baseball, that are not Yankees fans who like 500 or below baseball, you're basically saying, hey is the reason you are into ballet because the Mets are terrible. And then you can actually take that data included in your CRM and segment it based on pain, which is something that is very common for Mets fans.
2: That's exactly right. You got it. The power to ask a question helps marketers resolve the identity of a person directly based on the input from the person themselves. So I take the analogy to like at the start of behavioral targeting, I've indicated an interest in something. Now that something's going to follow me all through the internet. I think what's happened is actually now people are showing that interest in advance of the holiday sales cycle, for example, so that they now receive that information or those offers, right? I did that this past year. I've been doing it for the last few years where I'll go to the website for speakers this year was I got new speakers here. And I went to different speaker sites because I knew now that I've signaled to that company and that industry that I'm interested in in the market for speakers, it works the same way for surveys, but it's just reverse where we are asking, hey, you haven't bought a car in the last 10 years. I know that as if I'm an automaker and I have you in my database, first party data. I can just now take a look at people that have been in my database for 10 years, haven't bought a car. And I can ask them, are you now in the market for a car? And if they indicate yes to me, now I have a richer data set and actually a more satisfied end consumer because I've asked you the question.
1: That's interesting because I think of surveys being used as a tool to understand your target market so you can figure out your marketing strategy. Essentially, what you're saying is that a survey is basically lead generation or or targeting criteria for ads. Hey, I'm going to serve a broad population with ads, or maybe they're in my CRM, maybe they're not. And anybody who answers affirmatively to this question, then I'm going to target them with marketing as opposed to then I'm going to understand whether their demo geo target is somebody that's in market. You're actually using your survey to profile and build some sense of self-selection for your marketing efforts.
2: That's right. And you're right that surveys do more than that. Since we'd entered into the identity piece, that's what I was referring to. But again, it goes back to the power to ask a question and that that marketers can be much more efficient about their ad spend because of it. And Lucid has a product called Impact Measurement, which allows us to actually understand during a campaign, the level of interest a, a certain demographic has in a specific offer or service. So it allows the marker to then create a better experience because if you're not interested in whatever the ad's about, we know that and now you're not going to get that added.
1: So I'm creating a product. It is blue and orange Mets colored tutus. You see where I'm going with this? Yeah, I do. And I want to survey New Yorkers to understand if they are Mets fan and if they like the ballet and if the reason they like the ballet is because they're ignoring their baseball team because they're not competitive. And if they're a Mets fan in theory, but they like the ballet, they would be somebody interested in a Mets colored tutu. Help me understand how I would use a survey product like what you're talking about at Lucid to not only understand that market, but also to be able to target them.
2: Yeah, so there's a few ways. And for our story and example, we'll assume that the Mets are selling um, those tutus at a game or something. Sure. Do people go to Mets games? I do. I think <laughs> that stadium is one of the most beautiful stadiums around, in my opinion. Of course, second to Fenway, but that's a different story.
1: Which is second to Oracle Park. But yeah, go on. True. sure. So yeah,
2: the Mets organization could initially just use survey information to understand whether that offer, a tutu with their team colors, is something that anyone's interested in at all. Like they would first start with Mets fans. Then they can broaden it. And if they see, yes, that's right, then they can even go use survey data to understand what color should be on there, when it should be offered. Should it also be offered at the ballet? How many people that are going to Mets games are also going to the ballet? So all of this is possible.
1: When you're thinking about sending the surveys and collecting that data and making the connection to your CRM, what I'm envisioning is all right, we're going to run some programmatic ads, some social network ads, asking people if they want a survey, you know, in between their YouTube videos, hey, fill out this survey. Are you a Mets fan? Yes. Are you also interested in the ballet? Yes. Are you uh, interested in the ballet because the Mets are not competitive? Yes. And if somebody checks off those three criteria, then do you start basically taking that, feeding the data into your CRM and starting to market to that person directly? Are you actually using the advertising for the survey and then feeding it into your CRM to do direct response?
2: Yes, is a short answer to your question. And by the way, I hear a theme about a sub 500 team. I think you guys have assembled a pretty good team, the Mets. Anyway. Yes, you can do that. And it can be either through ads or actually an actual survey, an online 20-question survey that you can deploy to the people in your database. So either one path is possible.
1: I think the moral of the story is we've identified a couple of things. One, I'm not a big fan of the Mets. (laughs) Two, survey data can be used not only for gathering aggregate data, but also for understanding the specific desires, needs, and pain points of your... Potential customers. And three, that survey data can be used to then feed your direct response marketing. So, we're going to talk a little bit more about the underlying technology that's used to implement survey data, not only to understand your customers, but also to drive business results in tomorrow's episode. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Kumar Doshi, the Senior Vice President of Marketing at Lucid, for joining us. In part two of this interview, which we'll publish tomorrow, Kumar and I are going to talk about understanding your consumers using research technology if you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about kumar you can find a link to his linkedin profile in our show notes or you could visit his company's website which is lucid L-U-C dot I-D. just one more link in our show notes i'd like to tell you about if you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our once a week newsletter, and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D, on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is ben J. Schapp, benjshap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P.